Hey friends, we're extremely excited to be back. As you probably heard, this season is all about antimatter. So we'll catalog a bunch of different antimatter particles, just like usual, but we'll also occasionally go deeper and explain some of the distinct phenomena that makes antimatter so special, or at least so rare. First up, the positron. I hope you enjoy it. Hey friends. Welcome to the Field Guide to Particle Physics. This is your informal guide to the subatomic ecosystem that we're all immersed in. Today, we're talking about the positron. The positron is the antiparticle partner to the electron. Ostensibly, positrons have the same mass as electrons, about 511 kilo electron volts. They also have the same electric charge up to a minus sign. The positron is, of course, positively charged. Positrons also carry equal and opposite magnetic dipole moments to the electron. That is, that little magnetic field often carried by elementary particles, aligned with its spin. Like the electron, positrons are stable. They do not decay. But of course, we don't see many of them around. When electrons and positrons collide, they annihilate each other. That is to say, they convert each other into a pair of photons, each of which has 511 kiloelectron volts of energy. Because it is extremely rare for photons to interact with one another, this reaction almost never goes in reverse, which explains why positrons don't accumulate here on Earth. As you might be aware, the matter-to-antimatter ratio of our universe is way out of whack, which is great for us to be sure, but it makes it a little hard to study antimatter particles like the positron. Some positrons are produced by the decay of cosmogenic muons, or antimuons more precisely, that are formed when pi plus the positively charged pions decay. Those pions are in turn produced in collisions with cosmic rays way up in the upper atmosphere. Sometimes positrons are produced in nuclear decays, like an antimatter version of beta decay. Fluorine-18, which has 9 protons and 9 neutrons, is one such unstable nucleus. Oxygen-15, which has 8 protons and 7 neutrons, is another. A more exotic case is rubidium-82, which forms when a strontium-82 nucleus absorbs an electron, converting one of its 38 protons into a neutron. Rubidium-82 then decays by positron emission, converting another proton into a neutron, resulting in the noble gas krypton-82. <laughs> Did you catch all that? Because the mass of the neutron is higher than that of the proton, positron emission is a form of radioactive beta decay that requires extra input energy, which is typically supplied by the remainder of that big honking nucleus. It's a curious concept that we'll come back to in a future episode. Because the photons emitted by the annihilation of a positron-electron pair have a very specific energy, scientific instruments can be calibrated to detect them. Positron Emission Topography, or PET, is an imaging technique that specifically looks for those pairs of 511 kiloelectron volt photons, these gamma rays, if you like. By injecting a radioactive substance that decays by positron emission into a subject, PET devices back calculate the gamma ray trajectories to build a three-dimensional model of whatever that tracer, that radioactive substance, was injected into. 
Fluorine 18, oxygen 15, and rubidium 82 are all manufactured by particle accelerators for direct use in medical PET imaging. Sometimes those accelerators are right inside the medical facility. That's right, particle physics isn't just for lab rats or abstruse and aloof theorists. It's crucial for medicine too. You can be a medical doctor and study particle physics. Finally, electrons and positrons can form a bound state together, like an atom, if you like, called positronium. Positronium doesn't last very long. Typically, it decays by annihilation into an assorted number of gamma rays in a time that's measured in nanoseconds. The precise dynamics of positronium decay is a well-studied science used in precision tests of quantum electrodynamics. We'll learn more about positronium in a later episode. This has been an installment of the Field Guide to Particle Physics, a copyrighted production of the Poseidon Institute. We're in our third season, and it's all about antimatter. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode interesting, fascinating, pleasantly confusing, or even just useful, please make sure to subscribe for more and pass it around. For a full, free online copy of the Field Guide, please visit our website at Poseidon.org or follow the Poseidon Institute on Instagram. At the Poseidon Institute, we are on a mission to build and share physics knowledge without barriers. Come learn with us. Thank you.